Welcome to the Event Tech Podcast, where we explore the ever-evolving world of event technology every week. This show is brought to you by Endless Events, the event AV company that doesn't suck. Now, let's talk tech. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Will Kern from Endless Events, and unfortunately, the venomous Brant Kruger can't join us today. He's out on site at events, as we always do. As I told you many times before, we actually are event producers. So, you know, when a show calls, a show calls, but the show must go on. And this week's episode, we couldn't reschedule it. We had to do this because, my gosh, you guys are going to learn very, very quickly why this man is such an awesome guest to have on this podcast. Today, we are joined by Scott Merkin, the co-founder of ESM Productions. Um, this guy has done some amazing productions. I mean, like, you, he pretty much has that resume that he could hand to anybody and probably get any job at any event, any time he ever wanted to go. Just to give you – I'm going to give you three names, and I'm going to – I guess in in terms of you know power, we'll start at the smaller end and go a little crazier. But he has done work for Jay Z. I mean, alone that would be enough for most people to to walk in any room. But has also done work with President Obama, many presidential candidates, and also done and been the executive producer for Pope Francis for one of his uh, visits to the states as well. I mean, that sort of resume incredible you're going to learn very quickly but today we're talking a little bit about live streaming a little bit i mean a lot and we've done live streaming 101 if you haven't watched that episode or listen that episode make sure to go listen to it um in our archives before you get in this one because we're going to get down and dirty in the gritty and the more advanced and tactical we can because scott is amazing he's got so much knowledge for you guys i i, I just can't wait anymore scott thank you so much for joining us today on the event oh Podcast. my pleasure will really really glad to be here thanks <laughs> So, okay, I, w- I want to dive into this because you've done so much great work over the last few years. I, I got to know, out of all of the productions that you've done, what was the most like stressful live stream you ever had to do? So I'd say um, the most stressful live stream we've, I've ever had to do um... – that's a tough. That's a tough one. I think you know that the, they the. I mean, certainly um, the the global knowing that we had. I think it was something like two billion eyeballs watching uh, the stuff we did with Pope Francis a couple of years ago, um, and uh, we also had um, some uh, in, interpretation uh, like different language tracks going to different feeds, oh, wow. um, uh, different different uh, different. Uh, encoding profiles going all over the place. We had a great team, so I mean, we had lots and lots of folks. Um, but but I think the pressure was on pretty pretty much there. And I would say, <laughs> um, you know, I, stressful. Uh, you know, I think I thrive on pressure, and and, and so yeah. I, I it, 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 stress to me uh, it was it was actually quite a pleasure. Um, but there was constantly the butterfly, right? The butterfly in the stomach. But that happens every day on every live event. I mean, I think that's part of why those of us who do live events and live broadcasts and live streams, that's why we do it. We, um, it's very, very different than, than filmmakers who have a completely other uh, amazing talent in our form, uh, but also have you know, weeks, months, years to perfect. We, we, we have a, a 30th of a second, if we're lucky, to perfect. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, like if you're lucky, you have like, uh, was it the the delay in it? So then that way, if something goes wrong, you at least have like, yeah, ten seconds to maybe figure out what's wrong and and fix it before it goes live. Right? Yeah, if you're lucky, <laughs> right? Exactly. If you're if you're yeah. if you're lucky, what's what sort of when when 
dealing with streaming out to you said like 10 billion people i mean like there's i mean even just thinking about a million people let's think of people that stressed out streaming to like a quarter million of people like what sort of stuff are is the the things that people don't think about when you get to that scale of streaming i mean that scale of broadcast period what what are people not thinking of that you'd be that people should be would be kind of surprised about well i think the the magic word for all of that on the live side, on a live live side, large audience um, is redundancy. Um, you know, we we that you know people are people, and humans uh, we're gonna we're all gonna make mistakes and hit the wrong button and do things that human beings do. Um, electronics are ninety nine percent of the time pretty reliable, uh, way more reliable than they used to be when we were working in, in, in more of an analog world back in the day with tape machines and things like that. So there's less moving parts, which equals less breakdown, but things fail. Um, transmission um, is, 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 is really the most important part of, of getting the, the feed out there to the world and different uh, flavors of profiles and, and codes and regional distribution, all those things. So um, eliminating as many or all single points of failure in in the signal flow in the transmission um, is is really really important and and that that manifests itself on a big show like we were describing multiple uplink uplink uh, satellite uplink facilities multiple um, broadcast fiber um, and multiple um, IP encode. Right, so there's three ways to get the stuff out there, um, and so if any of them fail, and of course satellite is susceptible to weather in, in certain parts of the country, it's a little harder than others. Fiber is susceptible to most of the time when fiber fails on a broadcast, it's a computer error. Somebody thought that it, they needed it till two o'clock, and they really needed it till three o'clock, and it just turns off and it's automated, wow. right? Yeah. Um, and then lastly, IP, which we don't really do very much at all. We never do it for a primary transmission path um uh so the signal flow for a live stream that every day we do them every day we do about 100 of of them a year um it up into and including the point of encode at our at our network operations center it's hd broadcast quality hd sdi television um and so it leaves the the site whether it be the stage we built in Philadelphia for the Pope, whether it be the Barclays Center for uh, Titles Rock the Vote show or any of those things, it's it's a television show that can be on any linear television network uh, on the planet um, if it wanted to be. Um, but instead, what we do, and sometimes we do both, right? For the Barclays show this past uh, October, uh, Alicia Keys' performance was also uh, part of the Jimmy Kimmel show on on abc so we actually did a little bit of both so it's the point of encode it's the place where we take all that um and encode it for all the different profiles in the mobile space and the desktop space and the tablet space and then it gets inserted into whatever player and then the most important part about that for large audience once all that's happening and those redundant paths all the way through the cdn the content delivery network um akamai being one of the largest in on the planet right uh yeah like the standard, yeah they right? are they're it i mean akamai equals the internet i say to some folks when they're like who's akamai <laughs> um but 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 what they really do and 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 you know the way that the way that we run these 
all the time for a large audience uh, is Akamai is distributing to all of these CDN points and edge servers everywhere. And um, if there's congestion, if there's traffic, if there's, if there's any kind of you know trouble, um, we also have an active monitoring um, engineering force real time. Right. So if you if you do have any kind of problem in that pipeline that I just described, you don't really if you have to make a phone call to try to troubleshoot, it's over. Right. You need everybody on a on a bridge the whole time. The engineering team at and Akamai. Like if, it get, if it gets fixed, it gets fixed. Instantly. Yeah, they know. They I mean, know they, they, often they know it's coming. Right. So like especially if you're seeing um, like on the uh, and because we do this, we, we're very fortunate that we don't have too much of this ever really happen. But, you know, it. Think of Akamai as like the, the, the traffic. They run the highways and they're also the traffic reporter. So they can see, they're like, oh, it's getting a little cla- little little bit yellow over there on that road. Well, then they can reroute, right? So before it ever becomes mm. red or, 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 or a shutdown, right? So, so all of that um, in addition. So there's a big, obviously, a pretty major technical operation going on that's got nothing at all to do with the creative, right? And then, of course, the creative with all of that needs to keep the audience engaged, right? So, you know, it's great if we can get the, the, the signal of whatever's happening to a million people, hundreds of thousands of people, whatever the case may be. Uh, but, but whatever's going through that pipeline needs to be engaging. Now, the Pope's easy. The guy, he's engaging. Oh. But, uh, <laughs> you know, you still have to shoot it right or, or, yeah, or you know, the most engaging mm-hmm. uh, people in the world are not in, or won't be interesting if if you're just you know shooting them through a surveillance camera, as we sometimes say, <laughs> that's awesome. I I literally I wrote down like a hundred questions based on everything you just talked about. So I'm gonna kind of chunk through them, and um, there's just so many like I have so many good things I think that you could share with that I think our audience would be really curious about. So starting with you mentioned that like basically everything you're doing up until the point of encoding, where basically it's going to the internet to you know hit the servers and everything like print everything's a tv broadcast to you i'm curious to know beyond obviously the the encoding and what goes to the internet part how is this different for you having a background in tv to to what you do now like what's different between it and tv and i there i think there's a simple answer to this but i'm just curious <laughs> well there's um there's not much of a difference at all quite honestly especially you know we do a lot in the music space um and on the music side you know, uh, there's an average of, we shoot, we shoot about a hundred concerts a year and, you know, the average, just to give you a sense what the crew, what, what things look like and, and you know, what, what that complement looks like. It's about 40 to 50 people with, with full crew on site, on site, right. And, or, and like, and, and including like the server admins. Uh, no, like I'm just talking too, about or? up to a transmission transmission happens. Yeah. I'm oh, talking. Wow. So, so. Can you walk us through like what yeah. the crew, like all the yeah. different roles yeah. and everything? So, so I, I have uh, 15 assistants to get me coffee every five minutes. So there's 15. No, I'm just kidding. So it starts off. So, so a lot of, a lot of times too, when we're doing the music stuff, you know, the way to make it, uh, to make it really happen. And sometimes you have no choice because, you know, we all have gone to plenty of concerts where, you know, five o'clock, six o'clock, seven o'clock in the morning, here comes a bunch of tractor trailers loading in your favorite band to your neighborhood arena mm-hmm. and then magically by three o'clock it's sound check and they're ready to go so it's not like you have we don't have any more time than that so so we're usually day of as well and so first thing in the morning we do something called park and power 
right? And so we have um, there are utility positions that that are both on the video side and on the audio side um, that follow a, about a 45-page technical specification, tech spec as we call it. And most of what we're doing is mobile, so there's trucks, right? So you're going to have your A-unit broadcast truck, which is going to have your cameras, all your camera control, switcher, production audio, record, playback, all those things. Production, like that's where the back bench where I sit and look at all the monitors and all that kind of stuff. Then you have a B unit that has all the maintenance and camera lensing and cabling and all those kinds of things. Um, we also bring redundant power um, so that um, – like Yeah, re- redundant like though, like the, 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 the entertainment um, quiet generators that, that can uh, – one of the motors can completely shut down and then the, still the load um, continues so they have a very high – success rate and and the reason we do that even if it's a place that has solid power is that if the show if a show loses power um you know on stage it's happened we've all been to concerts where that happens um uh mm-hmm. if if the truck were to lose power the broadcast were to lose power it, it's like a, it could take like a 15 minutes for everything to come back up so you really don't want to mm-hmm. have that happen so so having clean redundant power separate from anything else that's happening is really important um for music, also in addition to our production audio that's in the uh, the, the production truck, often there's a separate mix facility, right? So some of these artists are 48 or 96 channels, and and something that um, some folks know and some folks don't know, the mix for uh, broadcast uh, is a very different mix than the front of house <laughs> mix. Right. Because and that's because like the arena sounds totally different than like someone's. Yeah. I mean, if you think about, well, two things. Right. I mean, number one, the job of the front of house uh, uh, audio engineer. Right. At a live concert is to is to adjust the sound to the desired levels of each of those channels based on the environment, which is people and concrete and glass usually. Right. (laughs) And and so certain frequencies need more. Certain frequencies need less. None of that means anything uh, on a television or on a, or, a, or at your home in your home theater or on your headphones. The other thing that's really really important it goes back to the engagement side. It goes back to the creative, um, and I think it's more and more uh, all the time is that on a live show, the audience is 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 you know whatever you want to say the fifth member of the band or whatever right so when the audience yeah, like the screaming yeah, element yeah. When I mean the, so we're, so stage, we have yeah, a, a, we so the way we mic the audience is 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 pretty specific and and how that how that's mixed um is is important and how all the the rest of it is mixed is really really important so so we have mm-hmm. all that going on that that basically gets mixed down into uh, depending on the nature of of the broadcast gets mixed down into either a surround Five one or gets mixed down in the stereo at at the production mix. Are you guys often? I mean, oh my gosh, I just feel like I'm going on a tangent with this one. I mean, feel free if this one is simple yes or no. But you guys often do like surround mixes for these live streams. As yeah. Well? So, um, title music streaming, which I I serve as the head of live um, production for, um, is. Uh, kind of a pioneer in that space and we've been experimenting and have done a few things with, with immersive audio. Um, and, and I think there's some, yeah, there's some, some things in 2020 that'll really, um, will really, uh, come out there. I mean, it's a lot of recorded stuff that's, that's, that's out there. And then, you know, when we're also recording live shows that then in their post-production are, are, you know, turned into a 360 or 
it's, it's wow. immersive stuff. I have a feeling we're going to have you come back in 2020 to, to talk a little bit about what you guys are up to because I think like that's something that I know that Brant and I have talked about doing a full episode on is immersive audio for the live space, but love to have you talk about it definitely for the, the online live stream space too. So we'll we'll come back yeah. to that one um, yeah. for sure because yeah, it's so cool. I'm, I'm like trying not, yeah, try not to get super nerdy on it. But uh, you, you were talking a little bit about kind of the different roles. So you're talking about how you have an audio engineer um, who's doing a separate mix just for the live stream. Uh, what other uh, continuing oh, yeah, so, roles? So, so you know, so there's, so there's, um, you know, there, so in the, there's people running cables, right? The, the utility team is, is running cables and, and, and not just running cables, but patching them. And, and they really, there's pretty specific on where they're going and how they're patched and what they're plugging into, how that's being configured. Another really, really, really important element to, to a live show like this are the communications, the comms. So the, the, the intercom configuration is complex there are many many channels and and in the truck there's all sorts of ways for the director and myself to talk to whoever we need to not hear who we don't need to hear all of that and and um that that's a that's a task amongst itself it takes takes a fair amount of time and and uh uh some pretty skilled folks right so then you got cameras uh we do for you know the average music show it's somewhere between eight and twelve cameras um and so you know mick what do those positions look yeah, like? Yeah, so um, there's typically at least two cameras um, on or on or near the front of house position. Sometimes three, depending on the nature of the who's on stage. So you always have your you always have a wide and a tight and a two shot um, that you can you can kind of work with. Um, we we run typically another two or three cameras on stage that can be reverses, and they're often on tripods, but can come off and be handheld. As well to kind of and depending on the band when you say reverse so what do you like mean you know kind of shooting thing? over the shoulder of the bass player you can kind of see the crowd behind them right okay cool. and you can see the crowd cool. jamming and cheering those are reverses as we <laughs> as we call it um and then and then um we, we we very rarely do a show that does not have a steady cam that steady cam's all over the place it's usually on stage and then down in the in the in the moat or the the barricade line right there at the pit and they get to those like nice smooth oh, yeah, kind yeah. of shots, but the the guy could be running around literally running around, and yeah. And then and um and sometimes you know in a big arena you take that steady cam to that that first horizontal aisle that's behind like the first six sections, and you just run real slow. We call it the poor man's dolly shot, right? Because it looks just like a dolly, <laughs> and you can do that a few times. You could run up and down aisles, and, and the steady cam's a, a tremendous tool. That we never work without. I was gonna say, do you, is that pretty common now that for like the large scale productions that you're like we have? Oh, we don't do anything without. I mean, on music side, music we don't do anything without, and we don't do anything without at least one jib, uh, and sometimes oh, nice. two, right? Depending on the, an arena. And, and, and when you're before I get into the jib yeah. jib side of things too, I, I wanted to kind of share an experience I had. So I was at ACL this year, and I I saw probably the most amazing Steadicam opera ever was uh, shooting uh, Childish Gambino. And this guy was – he was just going on and off stage, like up and down stairs all night and, I mean, literally going all the way down the moat. And I felt like it was probably the most intimate video camera work I had seen in a long yeah. time because you – like you, I was in the – I was like hundreds of people back. Like I wasn't even in the main audience and I felt like, oh, I could like go up and you feel like it was so close. So I like – man, I'm, I'm a huge advocate of Steadicams now I feel like for, for, for these Yeah, no, I mean and it's, it's very, very hard physical work. Um, the 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 live oh rig. Those guys, those guys are yeah, heroes well, for you know, sure. It's really great. I mean, the live rig, right? I mean, there's some other stuff out there that you see on the cinematic side of video that's really neat that that'll work with some of those smaller ARRI cameras and things like that. But for the 
you know, for the TV, the live, and like larger camera body, um, the rig for that is 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 quite a thing. And and um, we have a stable of uh, some of the best Steadicam folks um, that we work with all the time, basically either New York and L.A. And uh, one of our favorite folks in L.A. is is this you know big six foot three, super fit guy, like big guy. And he's amazing. And then we have uh, there's an operator on in New York who is all you. Both of them are fantastic, and she's about five foot one, um, and can sneak around and and and, and get places <laughs> where where maybe the larger guy can't. And and uh, awesome. it, it it's an amazing uh, work, and I respect that craft a lot. And uh, I've also seen it's pretty neat. Um, we tried it on uh, uh, when we can. It's hard because it's this risk, and, and you got to make sure your safety comes first. But you can do. I've seen Steadicam operators on a Segway riding. It's like a, it's like they're on the, oh, it's like they're yeah. on a skateboard, right? They just fly into the stage. <laughs> it's a super cool look. Um, and you know, a, a shot that when we do it, I'm like, let's just do it like twice. I don't want any accidents, you know. <laughs> <laughs> totally, yeah. totally. But that's gonna be like the shot that's probably gonna make it into like the trailer of the yeah, whole concert yeah. or like into a music yeah. video. And, and jibs <laughs> sure. are, and the jibs, you know, the, those are, and we use them in, in all yeah. sorts of, you know. There's a lot of like we didn't invent any of this stuff, but but uh, you know, we use them in different ways to really do some we, uh, do some different different angles and and you know. Big, so, it sounds like like for jibs for you like it's a must have for you guys like I've been hearing more and more people kind of say like that kind of shot feels overrated in some ways. Do you feel like it's overrated or do you feel like oh no it's a yeah must have? I, it's 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 a must have for us and I think that um, you know what what our style on music is pretty unique and it's it's you know there's you very rarely see a shot that's sitting still but at the same time we're not. We're not doing, you know, what like MTV did for when they did music. You know, there were every time turn around, there was like this just glitchy Dutch angle, almost looked like mistakes. <laughs> we don't do anything like that, but everything we do is is it, it's move. It moves. We spend a lot of time. Another 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 position um, is is um, in our uh, AD um, and sometimes more than one associate director where we're breaking down the music right so we know we're, we're cutting to the beat we know when the solo's coming oh, nice. we know what's going on so, so, so are your directors listening to the music beforehand like so for example let's say you're going into cut and you know tim and paul is playing are you listening to all tim and paul's music beforehand so when the song comes on you just like the l1 the lighting engineer they know the oh yeah, of the music. yeah are you guys doing that same thing yeah, as well we're doing that yeah 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 that, yeah awesome. and, and um, when, you, when you do that oh, like then you need all these different tools and and then you know, I, I I would say not to not to brag or whatever, but I've never heard anyone say to me that our jib shots are unnecessary or overrated. So maybe it's how you yeah, use yeah. it. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, totally, totally. Yeah. I'm I'm just always curious yeah. too. Maybe it's more from like a post production standpoint. The people who are just there, they're so used to seeing that over the crowd shot. But for, I know when I saw my first jib shot on a live stream at a concert, I was like, "Whoa, that's crazy! I've never seen anything like that before." Um, and obviously, like I've seen a lot of crazy yeah. stuff. So if it impresses yeah. me, it usually impresses ninety percent of people, yeah. right? Um, 
okay, so you kind of talked a little bit about the the director roles and kind of the management level. So you kind of have all these different video guys and everything like that, audio guys. What is kind of like your go to? Um, I, I guess the management layer of the live stream. So you talked about the director. Sometimes you have the EP. What what is what is your like kind of crucial roles and what are they doing separate from you know that the technical people in charge of audio? Yeah. So video, so um, we. We we have on the I guess on the top of the organ org chart for for these shows um, there's the executive producer which which is myself um, and um, and what are you worrying about? So I, I am responsible for the final product, right? So I spend a lot of time staring at the monitor, right? Um, and <laughs> and I may give my director some notes. Um, quick little, Hey, let's do this more of this, less of that. Keep, get that, get that idiot out of my shot. That's on the phone, whatever. Right. You know, uh, stuff <laughs> yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. And, and also, uh, there I'm there to, to, um, if we hit any kind of turbulence, I'm there to make the decisions of, of what we're going to do to stabilize. Right. If, if it's, and that, by the way, those, I call them turbulence, but that could be any number of things, right. From, Where's the performer that's supposed to be on stage right now, right? Like, right? Totally, like if totally. it's a, if you got to learn by time. A festival, which we do a lot of festival broadcasts, right? And and you know those things are amazing. And and the folks that work on those festivals to to have, you know, some of these festivals have fifty, sixty artists a day, right? And that's and they're not all sit, yeah. they're not all sitting backstage. It's eight o'clock in the morning waiting to go on. They're they're it's a just in time inventory. Um, where you know they're getting rushed from the airport, whatever's going on, or whatever's going to the hotel, and, <laughs> you know, and so being able to communicate and deal with you know whatever changes might happen and make decisions, uh, content on air decisions. If there's a problem, how to how to you know take command of the situation, so that you can make sure that folks are dealing with it and getting reports. Um, and you know, mostly though, it's it's overseeing and 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 loving which is what i do making sure i love what we're sending to the audience um and then a technical producer um oversees all of that crew authors that tech spec that that i described earlier um and you know there are milestones during the day this is all usually as i said i mean festival sometimes you have a little bit more time because it takes, you know, some of these festivals, you're running miles and miles of cable, so you need a day or two. But, you know, many of these things, Absolutely. if you're in an arena or in a theater or something like that, it's all one day. So, you know, you have milestones. It's like, all right, we're going to park at this time, and we're going to, you know, look at cameras and this time, and we're going to do transmission tests at this time. So technical producers really making sure we're hitting those those points and um, solving problems um, that may that may arise. And, and reporting to that um, technical producer would be the production coordinator's who are coordinating, um, you know, a, like I said, a thirty about thirty person or so crew, um, and meal breaks, and you know, all those kinds of things, and sign in and sign out, payroll, that kind of stuff, uh, uh, and then um, director is really, you know, I work hand in hand with the director, um, but the director is obviously in charge of calling. Many of these shows, you know, once the music starts, it's pretty much we're shooting the music. But uh, a lot of them also have uh, we'll do it. We'll produce an, a, an open to the show. We may have some interview segments. So he's he or she would be, you know, kind of calling in those cues and making sure that everybody's on, on the right track, that we're going to play a, a package from EVS Red and that the audio production audio engineer is going to 
pot up that right fader. So he's going to call. He or she will call for that if we're, um, you know, if we're looking for lower thirds. If we any anything that needs to be commanded, um, camera, you know, obviously the the camera direction is is first and foremost and primary, right? So he or she is going to be talking to those eight to ten to twelve cameras, um, and there's a camera meeting ahead of time so that everyone knows what 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 we're in for. And sometimes we, you know, depending on where we are on on planet Earth. Sometimes we know every single one of those camera people and we work with them every day. And sometimes we've never met them. Right. And so uh, and sometimes it's a little bit of both. Right. And so having that camera meeting and 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 um, making sure that everybody's um, on the same page of what they're covering, what they're protecting, understanding the shorthand lingo that we're going to use on the intercoms um, and and to get that happening. And that's you know, there's that's where the magic is, because, you know, it's it's all about getting great shots Video engineer is also uh, often often referred to as the shader, um, is also uh, an invaluable position. I mean, that's the person that's matching in real time twelve cameras, right? Um, color color temp, iris, whatever. It they may have be. the best eyesight out of anybody on. Yeah, the team I mean, too. it's amazing. <laughs> and, and and you know, we, we, we there are many things where you know if you're doing stuff outside, you're chasing sunset, right? And so the color temp's going to change. Mm-hmm. You got to continuously paint these cameras um and and uh it all happens and the audience has no idea that's why it looks so easy and that's why mm-hmm. sometimes you know people are like ah, what do you need like two cameras and the three people but oh, you're live streaming oh it's a it's like four we always joke and we say oh live streaming yeah what do you need like some pipe and drape and a, and a tricaster right right and, and, and we're like <laughs> uh no um <laughs> so so it, it, it is i mean you know, on the hot we're on the high quality side of this um we're on the broadcast quality side of it, and and that's how that's how it's done. And and um, you know the show happens. Uh, awesome. There's there's you know it's like mission control uh, with with all those things. We have another half dozen people at the at the encode site, and um, uh, globally there's some folks that we have a conference bridge, obviously during the whole show, where there's folks globally from whichever platform we might be broadcasting to, which. On the music side, ninety percent of the time it's title. So we have people from the title platform um, on on the on the line, as well as Akamai and and the encoding folks at the NOC, um, all just you know together for however long it takes for the show to, to start and stop. And and that's um, that's 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 quite a that's quite a uh, quite a group of people for for the Made in America uh, festival. Um, which which we've been broadcasting since its inception in 2012. Um, we that's that's four stages times two days, and it's on it's a big outdoor site on the Ben Franklin Parkway in Philadelphia. So it's I think you know three thousand feet apart some of these stages. So it's all kinds wow. of cable. It's all kinds of multiple trucks. We have on our crew for that show uh, about 200 people, just to give you a sense. Wow. <laughs> That's like, I, I just can't imagine 3,000 feet in between, like a 3,000 foot cable run in any sort of fashion. <laughs> like, that just sounds, I, I definitely don't want to be that guy. Yeah, yeah well, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's pretty regular occurrence on outdoor music festival, if you think about it. Anything that has a couple yeah, wow. of stages, yeah, absolutely. you got to be a couple thousand feet away from each other so that they don't bleed sound wise, right? Yeah, that, that um, makes sense. So, yeah, totally and it's fiber, sense. right? So you don't have to run. It's not like you're running yeah, a million. Yeah, true. You're still running, you know, like the TAC, we use TAC. 
well, I, this is where my some kind of tact military <laughs> yeah, tactical yeah, yeah, fiber. That's, that's where my not, that, <laughs> that has multiple. That's where my knowledge yeah, but has, but, goes but on to. different than I mean, like back in the day, you know, and sometimes in, depending on where we are, there are still triax is is another form of mm-hmm. cable that comes from the broadcast world, and that 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 was the big step between you know before triax existed, you were running. Back in the day, this might be just pre like six. Yeah, pre, this predates streaming a little bit, but yeah, you're running like a bunch of different video cables, power, com, audio, right, all this mm-hmm. stuff, um, CCU, right, all that stuff, and now it's in one tiny little, you know, about this. Yeah, like for anyone who doesn't know, Triax is it, it's like yeah, it's basically like a bunch of different cables combined into one single cable, and it's almost like your god video cable. In yeah, sense, um, yeah, and and so the fiber stuff is is you know that that and it's a little bit more rugged. Right, so that's why the military mm-hmm. stuff, you know, it's I guess designed to be run over by tanks or whatever. So it can <laughs> it can usually hold. Although it is funny, we we every year we, it just happened this year, made in America, we lost some fiber to a street sweeper, street sweeper, oh, street God, sweeper wires fiber zero. <laughs> <laughs> And people don't realize, too, like, this fiber cable is expensive, too. So when it gets lost, not only are you just like, oh, my gosh, this has gone down, but then you're also just – you just see, like, $1,000 per, like, you know, like, just go both blink yeah. before your eyes. It's no just doubt. crazy. 100%. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. Um, so my kind of follow-up question to the ones about all the positions is which position do you feel like is the most underrated position on your team that, like, no that, – that people really just don't think about that's totally underrated? Well, I think – I might have tipped the hat a little bit. I think the video shader is. I mean, if you're in if you're in the business, um, everyone knows that's a major major position, and in the business meaning like behind the scenes, like we are. Um, mm-hmm. uh, if you're trying to, you know, we try to find it. We try never to find ourselves in this situation where we're sitting with a planner or a corporate client going down the list of crew. And then the person go, what's a shader? Would we really need that? Can we just set the lights, right? You have to, like, try to explain to them, you know. These are all the things that we do that uh, makes it look like we're not doing anything, right? So the shader is a super important position. The other really important position, again, mostly mostly on the music side, but really on any side, especially if we're partnering with, um, you know, like we're covering these music festivals. We're not – sometimes we are and sometimes we aren't. But often we're not producing the actual show. We're really producing just the broadcast, right? So um, the, we still have a stage manager position. And that stage manager is, uh, you know, it's really, a, it's really a delegate and a diplomat to the production stage or whoever's running the, the concert or whoever, right? So that we're, we just need to know what's going on and we can coordinate. So that's an extremely valuable position that... Again, if someone was looking at a bunch of you know positions and they were trying to scrutinize, they'd be like, "Well, we have a stage manager. Like, yeah, well, we need to talk to your stage manager." And the only way to do that is when they're standing next to each other on stage. <laughs> so that's a very that's a, that's an extremely valuable position. And uh, you know, when you have 50, 60, 70 person crews or like a two hundred person crew, um, uh, making sure, especially in the summertime or whatever. You know, having uh, folks to make sure that that crew has all the, you know, creature comforts that they have water. That's not a creature mm-hmm. comfort. That's a necessity, mm-hmm. right? But and that we're and that <laughs> yeah, we're like some snacks and things yeah, like and, that. And you know, you can make a mistake um, very easily in one of these shows that would cause a meal penalty that can can really cascade the budget downward, out of control, mm-hmm. right? So you got to really have good a good um, production coordinator team 
to keep an eye on that and to and to and to really watch and keep keep the crew moving and the machine oiled and 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 all those kinds of mm-hmm. things. So I think you know everyone knows that there's a producer and director, um, and 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 those folks. So I say I think you know important positions: shader, stage manager, and and the support team is probably the most important, um, so that all these folks can can um, really perfect their craft. They're artists. Every per, every camera operator, every Absolutely. audio mixer, even the shader, everybody's an artist. We we are all artists, and and artists don't create very much art if they're trying to figure out where you know where what time's lunch and where they're, they're getting angry meal. and they're thirsty or whatever <laughs> else right so yeah absolutely absolutely oh my gosh so i have like a million other questions but i think this one kind of pivots well off of that underrated position and kind of you talked a little about it. it's one of the you know the shader is one of the things that people try to get rid of but what what pieces of a live stream do you see people try to get rid of that they absolutely shouldn't that you're like don't get rid of this. Like, you know, I mean, you talked a little about the shader, but this could also be equipment as well. Like what pieces do you feel like people try to get rid of that they shouldn't? Yeah. So I think, you know, what, what often happens is, is um, it, it's, you know, so mo- like most of us in this industry, we all probably put our time in. I know I certainly did in good old AV corporate AV. Right. <laughs> and that's where I started. Yep. And, and probably some of the most valuable training I could have ever had. And I'm going back several years, you know, early uh, early 90s, late 80s, right? So the technology was, you know, different. Took two hours and, and like, somebody who really knew what the heck they were doing to get a video projector to even look half decent. Now you can kind of – it takes 15 minutes and the thing looks amazing, right? Um, And so, (laughs) you know, so so just the whole whole notion of having a list of stuff that you know you need and then you're usually sitting across to the table – uh, with all respect to our audience from folks who might not know <laughs> what those things are, right? So um, it's, it's, it's difficult, right? And, and so we're fortunate now, most of the time, that we, we're, we don't have to defend, like we bring a product, we don't have to defend mm-hmm. every component, right? Um, it's hard to defend components, but some of the common things that you see would be, you know, Let's say it's a panel discussion of three people. Um, I'd shoot. I'd still shoot that with four or five cameras, right? And because you have an audience too, right? And often, you know, a person in a, in a, might be thinking more about like video conference. Like, well, hey, you know, like I just did a Skype last night on my phone, and blah blah blah. What do you need all this for, right? You're like, well, <laughs> you know, there's a psychology to uh, audience retention and it has to be interesting and and you want to you want to give them you know look think about if you were to sit at you like you sit in an audience at a concert or a seminar or a panel discussion you're looking around you want to see you know you're looking at things that are interesting you're looking at the set you're looking at how people are interacting maybe you're looking at the reaction of the person who just asked the question of the of uh, right as opposed to the person answering the question maybe maybe the person saying something so controversial that you'd like to see what the audience is thinking, right? As just as a member of any audience, whether it be a corporate audience or a, or a uh, education audience or a music audience, right? So our, our mission typically on these things is we are trying to create and amplify what the audience in the venue is experiencing. And they're not looking at it through, you know, a roll of toilet paper right to the person who's talking 
like one camera would look like. They're looking at it in a, in a, in a much more sensory perception type of way. And so we, when, when people start crossing out cameras, we, we get, I get angry, not angry. I get annoyed. Right. Um, same (laughs) thing with audio, right. And, And the appropriate redundancy in switching and signal and, 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 um, you know, like if you have video or slides or whatever you might have and the right, you need the right switching, you need the right stuff so that it just doesn't look clunky either a to the audience that's there or B on the air. Right. So that requires more sophisticated stuff. So you can, you're not doing hard cuts. You're doing real, you know, no one, like we don't do a lot of dissolve, but it's just like a nice cut or a quick little dissolve. Um, but also, you know, having the enough, enough spigots to have a backup machine running whether it be for, um, you know, like graphic content or whether it be for video playback, redundant machines, all gone through a proper audio scenario. And when people start taking that stuff and they're like, well, can't we just, you know, can't we just hold the camera in front of the laptop? Like we usually try to leave the room. Somebody says something like that. But um, (laughs) uh, and then again, it's sort of like, you know, uh, there's also this whole thing where let's say we have a client that, you know, understands or at least trusts us to say oh yeah we need four cameras and then they didn't do anything to light the place and now we got to tell them well what's the lighting uh, right and like and you know even though and something that you're not necessarily controlling directly uh, well we kind of yeah them, yeah well more. i mean what we try to do most of the time not everybody can do this i think it has to do with the maturity the age of our company or whatever but we ask those questions as we try we got to ask them early and try to figure out if it's a, if it's the right engagement for us um, we, we, we set out, you know, our company's, uh, just entered its 24th year. And one of the things that we did from day one, and we still do is like, you know, if a client doesn't see the value in what we're doing, we're probably, we're going to try to figure out how to not have them be a client. Um, and that's hard to, it's a very hard thing when you're just mm-hmm. starting and you're trying to, you know, bring revenue in, put points on the board or whatever, but it's really, really important that, you know, because if, if, if you went in there and you w- didn't win that argument and you went in there and you pointed all your cameras at a dark stage or a badly lit stage, which is worse, right? Like where it's just everybody's all blown out. It's worse than dark. And that, and, and then like, you know, the big boss is watching the stream and he goes, this stream sucks. Who's dude did this? Like our name's on it. And we had, and, and so we are responsible even, right? So we, we, we always want to, we, we sometimes say like, we don't want to, uh, we can't come into, any of these things with one hand tied behind our back. And I think that, you know, and, and I always try to give that advice to anyone, um, whether it be in our company or any, anybody's ever asked. It's like, sometimes it's, it's okay to not take every single job to be the, the, the client, you know, we've had clients call us back after we sort of, sorry, we can't help you. And they're like, okay, now we learned our lesson. Can you help us now? Right. And, and, um, you know, so, so that, that's an important thing. Like you got to do what's right so that, you know, I also call it the circle of responsibility. I have to be if mm-hmm. I, if if the person on the other end is watching sound and picture, and I'm providing that sound and picture for the person on the other end, and everything that's that that is utilized to create that sound and picture, I need control over. Control over not not in a way that's like maniacal. Control over like, hey, we're going to start when we say we're going to start. Uh, where, where are you going to stand? Are you going to play video? Or are you going to like those things so that we can appropriately broadcast it so that we don't get, it doesn't look bad on us or the client, right? And that's an important 
That's a very important uh, guideline for us to do business. That's awesome. I, I, I love that. I think that mature vendors should be able to do that as well. Is that, you know, look, not just look at it as, hey, here's my lane. Here's only what I'm talking about, but be willing to step up and say, like, look, this is my experience across, in your case, like 20 years of doing all these epic scale live streams and saying, like, look, we want to make your stuff awesome. This isn't exactly what I'm doing in charge of, but you need to, you, you know, it's going to make us look bad and it's going to make you look bad. Let's, let's fix it. Um, I, oh my gosh, I have so many questions and so little time, but I'm, I want to kind of uh, hone in on um, an area that you've mentioned a lot throughout, um, but I want to tie into so people can see the amount of, I guess, through thoroughness for which you do this, and that's redundancy. And you talked a little about power redundancy, but can you kind of go through all of the layers of redundancy that you have and where are the areas like why why do they exist and yeah what are all the different layers so obviously you talked a little bit about power redundancy with having those entertainment generators just in case the venue power goes up because hey it's gonna take 15 minutes to boot all these live stream systems back up and good to go whereas you know maybe if the venue power goes up it's gonna take two seconds for the audio board the sound system click back on everything like that they can start playing immediately but what other sort of redundancy systems do you have in place and why do they exist yeah so you're right power is obviously a big one and we start there um and then um on the on and if you think about it, that's the beginning of the chain right we got to plug the stuff into the wall if you will and so how many plugs run into the wall and how that how that how that's being powered um allows for eliminates any single point of failure right so there's no single point of failure any longer in the power now of course you could have a double point of failure and then you're you know then you're going to have some challenges but the you know the 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 risk mitigation is is uh, well within the, the parameters to to do to do it that way and then and then the other big um sort of on the other side of that funnel on the transmission side getting getting the show out of the arena or wherever to the rest of the world transmission um that's the other place in which there's um, a, a, a tremendous amount of, of, of uh, redundancy. Um, depending on where we are and how we're getting our signal out, that could mean two discrete separate satellite uplink units hitting two discrete separate either transponders on the same satellite or sometimes two different satellites altogether. Um, and that sounds expensive, but like what does – I mean for most people who don't understand the techni like technical side of the internet – uh, side of things like how is that very expensive to do hard to do you know what you know it, 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 I, yeah I, I, I think no, I, mean, I think <laughs> I think that you know I'm describing what a first class production looks like um, and you know I think you the, the client whoever is responsible for funding these kinds of things um, has to have has to understand the expectation um, we, I don't ever get an, again, I, maybe we're lucky or whatever. I can't remember the last time I was in a situation where our, uh, a client is like, well, I, you know, okay, we don't really need the redundancy on the transmission. Well, it's one of those things where I usually sit down and I say, you know, I try to walk them through the scenario of like everything, like the transmission failure. Like if there's a transmission failure and you're off the air, Someone's and somebody like it, 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 like I, if it's ever happened to you or anybody in our audience, like I'm trying to recreate the feeling that we've all had. Even when like a sound system goes off in a ballroom or something, the video doesn't play. 
you know, things that just make us all quiver, right, in our live business. Often, like, the thought that runs through everybody's head, clients in particular, if they could write a check at that moment for any amount of money to make that problem go away, they would, <laughs> right? So <laughs> let's just do it right from the beginning, right? And, and, and that way, you don't even see a failure, right? And so it, it, trans, redundant transmission is an re- absolute requirement if you're producing for network television, which we also do. It's a requirement. They're not going to, they, they basically say to you, whatever the budget is, you must include these things. And redundant uh, transmission is one of them, right? Um, and uh, that, by the way, the redundant transmission is also redundant on the receive side. So there's multiple encoders receiving and there's multiple insertion points uh, into the player so that, you know, there's a failover system that's seamless, right? Um, it's like taking the anti-lock brakes or taking like the front brakes off your car. Like you can't go to a car dealer and say, ah, I really love this Porsche, but I want to save like two grand. Take the front brakes off. They won't, they won't do that. Well, we won't take the, (laughs) we won't take the redundancy out of, (laughs) out of, out of that. And and then other things, which, you know, redundancies in which I think we all in the live, you know, in the live space, you know, in, in the, in the physical space, Backup equipment, backup microphones, backup mix, you know, just backup gear. And and depending on what it is, online and playing, right? So um, I'm sure you, you've done it. We've all done it. Um, you know, even whether we're playing, uh, uh, you know, to a very large audience and we're playing a, 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 a tape. It's not really a tape anymore, but we're playing a, playing a segment. Well, you can have a backup scenario where you actually have two machines playing, and if one machine decides to die, the other one will take over, right? I mean, and it, no one's no one's the wiser, right? And and those things um, are really really important. And and um, redundancy, I think you know the the um, having multiple cameras gives you an opportunity if you do have a camera technical problem, technical failure. Um, part of that 40 person crew. And I'd mentioned them earlier on in, in, in the process, the utilities, these are maintenance professionals. So like if a lens freezes up, if a viewfinder dies, if, you know, the things that could happen to a camera during a live show, there's a utility three feet away from this camera operator who can take that camera, you know, and, and, and typically get it back online within about 90 seconds. Right. So if you got 10 cameras, you can do without one camera for a minute while you're fixing it. Right. So you got your built-in redundancies, in that in that regard as well that's awesome i i I think uh it goes to show i think in the events industry i think we all could start expanding budgets more towards redundancy before we start to look at flashiness too i think far too often we go towards the things that we're like wow this is exciting and ooh, but like no one really like gets jazzed about oh my gosh yeah look at this like second internet connection i'm paying for just in case things go bad you might not ever need it but like you said like i love that that you mentioned the anyone would be willing to write a check for any amount had things go wrong but the problem is with redundancy is that you can't do that in the in the moment it has to yeah, be it's too late i mean it, it, it's it, if that's the point it's it's you're 100 percent right it's too late and and you know that that's uh, i believe the job of the event producer and this is what we do every day you know aside from the live streaming piece um the job of the event producer is to 
work with the client on the budget and then properly allocate that budget in 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 the appropriate areas and and we we always start with the technical infrastructure because at the end of the day right that's really what matters and you know on the corporate side you know it's really important really important right and so um we we start with that and we and we kind of educate the client from day one you know that's how we're going to do this um and we share with them our designs and technical specs not that they most clients you know that are the planners whether they're you know internal planners or corporate team folks and some of our corporate clients they, they, I think they read through it, and I think they're interested. They don't really understand it. We don't, and it's not a dig on them. It's not really what their expertise is. But the fact that we've gone to all that work, they can see it. They can see it in our CAD drawings. They can see it in our tech specs. They can see it in all of the, the, the products that we produce, the work product, for every single event, regardless of the size. And they feel like, okay, we're comfortable. We have the expert, and we value that. They value our opinion, and if if a client has, you know, whatever you want to say, ten dollars to spend, which we hope they have more, by the way. But if the client has ten dollars to spend, you can't spend eight of it on talent, right? I mean, <laughs> and you can't spend eight of it on centerpieces. By the way, I don't know. I only know like one florist in the entire country that likes me because I'm always like, Get, we don't need anything on these tables. We're like, Right. And so it's like, let's what, what's our mission? Our mission is we're delivering a message. Well, let's make sure that the, the folks that we put in the room can see and hear and that the video is appropriately positioned and that if the stage is lit and that the presenter walks out there and has the tools he or she needs on stage, like confidence monitors and and fold back audio and all the things that that make that presenter comfortable so that they can do their job. And when all that's in place and we got the systems and the redundancy and the appropriate crew, yeah, great. Let's uh let's let's bring in the centerpieces after that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh my gosh, like I was gonna literally uh, have you do one more tip, but I feel like that needs to be the tip. <laughs> like that that is the thing that everyone I think needs to hear from our from on the technical side is you got to focus on the basics before you start focusing on the the fan the fancy flashiness. Um, real real quick, Scott, I have one more question for you, and then we'll we'll, we'll get you wrapped in going because I know how busy you are, and also I feel like we're gonna have to do a part two of this one because there's I I have a list of questions still to go, but it needs its own episode. <laughs> I feel like, um, but when it when it comes to events what is some piece of technology that has you just absolutely excited right now and maybe it's related to live streaming maybe it's not but like what sort of event technology has got you most excited i think that um there's a couple of things right so one the evolution that's occurred in video led um and lighting led right over the last what five six years has been tremendous the video products that are out there that are, you know, in the neighborhood, what are they now, two millimeter pitch, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you, the, the, those things um, are tremendous and just so many things you can do with those. Um, so that, and, and the same thing with LED lighting, right? And, and um, that's beginning to, you know, have, have a tremendous impact that people don't often think about, which is that stuff requires less power, therefore, the, the cabling and things that go along for the ride on these big tours and things is going to start to um, become smaller and lighter, which is an environmental thing, 
right? LEDs themselves are an environmental thing. We're not burning lamps as much, right? We're burning less power, right? So that's, that's kind of neat. Um, and then, you know, audience engagement stuff, um, the appropriate audience engagement stuff. I love, uh, you know, this is not usually in the house. It's usually a pre-event thing and a post-event thing. Or if it's a straight-up hospitality event, they're great. But all of these, um, you know, I guess the, the term is photo booth. But they've really evolved, right? And they're really cool. And, and you know, what you can do the animated GIFs and you can you can really um, leverage social, the social media uh, impact of your event in a, in a real-time way with those things. Um, and so those are those are pretty exciting. And and I think also, and this may be a twist on an answer for you, but we we also with all this technology and all these things, um, I'm hopeful, and I think we'll see a trend of hey folks, turn your phones off. Like why are you looking through the lens of your phone to watch a concert to prove to everybody you were there, and you're not actually watching the concert, and your phone is in everybody's eye, in everybody's face. So go to a live experience and experience it live. You cannot recreate a live experience with your phone. And so that's a piece where maybe the technology has gotten a little off course. Um, but, um, you know, we, 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 we love when folks take stills and do Instagram shares and stuff like that. Um, and that, that can be, you know, really great. Uh, but let's not be, let's, let's, you know, let's, let's unplug and enjoy music without, without the, without you know, recording it to prove to all your friends you were there, I guess. I don't know what that whole thing is. <laughs> preach, preach. And I mean, that's funny, too, because you're coming from the guy who creates live video experiences when there's obviously something physical. Like, and, but like your your whole job as a live stream is to try to recreate that experience through the live stream. So I think it's just awesome that you're the one saying that. And I can't agree more. I can't agree more. I mean, like what you always see that meme of like back in the day, it used to be everyone had their fists in the air. Then it was lighters. And then now and then, and then now it became like everyone's flashlight on their phone. And now it's just like the iPad. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and you know, something that something that we didn't really touch on, which might be, you know, kind of a, a good pin to put here is that. Of all the things that we do when we're doing these shows, we work really, really, really hard, and we're successful 95% of the time, if not higher, in keeping our own cameras out of the shot, right? Amen. And and so that, that, like, and then when, when somebody's standing there with a camera in our shot, I get, I get cranky. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, my gosh, Scott. Seriously, this has been such an amazing conversation. Like I said, there I feel like there's so many more questions I have to a ask. But I feel if you've, if you've made it to the end of this episode like and listen to this entire thing, I'm sure you got as much value from it as I have. Um, got a little bit nerdy, and I got allowed you to get technical, which I think that our audience is really going to be excited for. And, um, I, man, this was just so awesome. Scott, thank you so pleasure, much Will. for being yeah, on the podcast. Yeah, let's do it podcast. again. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, we'll definitely come back. Make sure, Scott, just so everyone knows, kind of if people want to reach out to you and ask you more questions, how, what's the best way for people to so, reach out? So uh, we're esmproductions.com is our website. And uh, something that we, we do, maybe not a lot of people do, is uh, you could find folks on that website and find their email. So you can find me at esmproductions.com. Uh, you could also follow me on Instagram. And that's S Merkin, like Smirkin, S M I R K I N O one, on Instagram. And I and uh, I do a little bit of behind the scenes stuff on my Instagram that people might might find enjoyable. I love it. They get to see those miles and miles and three thousand foot cable runs. Yeah. 
I love it. I love it. Scott, thank you again for being on the show. Um, we can't wait to have you back. Um, and thank you, audience, for sticking until the very end and listening to all the awesome stuff. Uh, we got a lot of awesome things planned for you guys in the next upcoming episode, so stay tuned. Um, and, yeah, seriously, just such an awesome episode. If you really enjoyed this episode, you want to get more show notes, see some of the, the cool stuff that Scott mentioned that we're going to link down below, make sure to head to eventtechpodcast.com. That's your home and resource for everything transcript all those things like that. If you're listening to this on you know, YouTube or Spotify and you want to find a better place that you would enjoy listening to this to or maybe you're listening to this on the blog, you know, you can always get all the subscription links right on eventtechpodcast.com. Make sure to leave us a review that helps with discoverability and people finding us. Just go to eventtechpodcast.com and also as always, reach out to us, shoot us an email eventtechpodcast at helloendless.com. Shout outs to everybody who's been emailing us. Um, we're going to be giving you guys some shout outs in the future um, so stay tuned and send us an email if you ever want to hear something or if there's a follow-up question that you have for scott that you want to make sure that we answer in part two make sure to let us know but thanks again everybody for listening to the event tech podcast this has been will curran signing off uh and we'll uh, make sure that we get brant back here next time why don't we so we'll catch you guys all next time and we'll see you later event tech out Thanks again for listening to the Event Tech Podcast. Be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also, be sure to head to eventtechpodcast.com and leave us a comment about this week's episode. We'll see you next week on the Event Tech Podcast.